Welcome to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to chat about the books they love in a warm and supportive environment. Today is Wednesday, September 11th, 2019. I'm Shannon, and I am here today with Brooke, Amber, and Natalia, and we are going to talk about memoirs. I am not a huge nonfiction reader. I think Amber, you probably read the most nonfiction out of anyone in the podcast, <laughs> but I will occasionally read a memoir or two. Would you say you read more memoirs than other types of nonfiction, Amber? No, actually, I don't. Um, okay. No, I, I read a lot of, like, history. Uh, ah, okay. You know, nonfiction like that. But memoirs, um, I read them every once in a while, but not very often. See, if I'm going to read nonfiction, it is most likely to be a memoir. And, Brooke, I think you've talked about a couple of them. Um, like, when we did the, the Own Voices. Yeah. They were, yeah. um, I think a couple were, like, at least one of them was a memoir, and then I think two of them were nonfiction. Yes. Like, they were, yeah. So, we have a collection of memoirs that we enjoy, that we are hoping you will also enjoy. But before we get started, you can find us on Twitter and on Facebook at Book Bistro Podcast. On Facebook, you can join our listener group where you can chat with us as well as with other podcast listeners. Um, you can reach us directly through either of those social media outlets or you can send us an email. That address is thebookbistropodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you have an Amazon Alexa, apparently you can tell it to play the book bistro podcast and it will do that now you have to i think tell it a couple of different times in a couple different ways but eventually it, it does understand so those are just a few little housekeeping bits of information i have um amber is going to start us off today i will follow then brooke and finally natalia so are you ready miss amber i am ready Excellent. Uh, so I have to say that m my um, definition of memoir, I was a little flexible. Um, <laughs> my first book is called Braiding Sweetgrass, Indigenous Wisdom, Scientific Knowledge, and the Teachings of Plants. And it's by Robin Wall Kimmerer. And this one I was a little flexible with. So what this is, is this is a book of essays written by a woman of Potawatomi descent. Um, and the book is, like I said, it's a book of essays about plants, but it also weaves her life and the life of her ancestors into the world of plants. So as an example, there is a, a, uh, an essay early in the book and it talks about wild strawberries. And she talks about how, um, you know, when she was a child, um, you know, they didn't have a lot of money. And every year for Father's Day, they would make her father a homemade strawberry shortcake with wild strawberries, because that was basically what they could afford. Um, you know, there are chapters on braiding sweetgrass into, you know, into baskets and, um, you know, how baskets are braided by Native American people, and it incorporates, you know, the story of her Native American tribe and other Native American tribes into the essay. Um, you know, there is an essay about a plant, which I, I don't remember, and it talks about her grandfather going to, you know, a boarding school um, in, you know, Pennsylvania. It was called Carlisle. And how basically, you know, he went to this boarding school, um, they forced him to go, and he could never really assimilate back into the Native American world or, you know, the white world. 
Um, so this was kind of my loose definition of memoir. It was, um, you know, I, 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 if you would have told me that I would have picked a book about plants, um, I would have really been surprised, but this one was really touching. Um, it really, it really touched me quite a bit. It got a five-star rating and that's pretty hard for me to give. So again, the book is called Braiding Sweetgrass, Indigenous Wisdom, Scientific Knowledge, and the Teachings of Plants. And it's by Robin Wall Kimmerer. That was on my list. Yeah, uh, I've seen a few me. people reading it um, over the past like year or so. It seems like a few people on my Goodreads list have read it. And if you can get the audible version, that's really good. Um, it actually has it read by the author and her accent is, I mean, it's not very strong, but it does give it, you know, kind of a different flavor. So if you can get it that way, it's really good. Awesome. <clears throat> My first pick is also best if you get it um, as an audiobook because it is also read by the author. So this is the valedictorian of being dead, a true story of dying 10 times to live by Heather B. Armstrong. And this is basically the story of a woman who lived for most of her life with pretty debilitating depression. Um, she would have times that were better and then the depression would always come back and it didn't seem to matter what medication she took, um, if she did any type of electroconvulsive therapy, she pretty much had treatment-resistant depression. And she then agrees to take part in an experimental study that is trying to come up with different ways of kind of rebooting the brain in the way that um, electroconvulsive therapy does without the horrible side effects that can come from shooting currents of electricity through your brain. So basically they put you into a medically induced coma that mimics brain death. And during the course of 30 days, she underwent this procedure 10 times. And this was to hopefully cure or at least help her manage her depression um, a bit better so that hopefully she could then maybe do some more conventional types of treatment um, with a better chance of success. I really, I was interested in this just from someone who has studied mental health and someone who has dealt with some mental health stuff um, for a big part of my life, but also just kind of as a person who's interested in why the brain does what it does and how people can affect it both in larger ways and, and smaller ways. And I think, you know, putting yourself into something that pretty much is, is brain death and doing that 10 times, I think that does definitely affect your brain. Um, I was very, very appreciative of the candor with which she wrote this book and really allowed readers to see not only what this whole treatment was like for her, but to give us glimpses of her life before the treatment as well. Um, she is a single mom of two girls who is terrified that if her ex-husband learns how depressed she really is, that he will be able to take her daughters from her. And so she has a lot riding on getting better. And she does a really great job of explaining her situation and really making us understand like why, why these things are so important. Um, it never felt preachy. I never felt like she was, you know, giving us a sermon on mental health or the mental health system in this country. Um, it was just a very, very fact-based, but also very accessible look at one possible treatment for some really really horrible depression. So this, once again, is The Valedictorian of Being Dead, The True Story of Dying 10 Times to Live by Heather B. Armstrong. That sounds like a really interesting book. It really was. And it's a, it's a quick read. Um, you know, it's not like a real weighty, um, drawn out book. Um, so it's, you know, you can get into it and kind of speed through it. And it, it's pretty cool. <laughs> I see that she has another book too that looks really good. Um, she does? I, yeah, if it's the same author. Ooh. 
I did not see that. Um, it's something about, I, I don't remember the title, but it has margaritas in it. Ooh, so I will it. have to take a look at it. Yeah, I just, I literally just added it to my Goodreads shelf. So oh. I'm really excited about it. Did you add the, like, this one and that one? No, or? not the other one yet, okay. but I will. Okay. Um, but both of them look really good. All right, well, I'll look up the other one. I'm glad yeah. you told me. I did not know that. So the first book I'm going to talk about is Smoke Gets in Your Eyes and Other Lessons from the Crematory by Caitlin Doughty. And this book is by a woman who worked in a crematory. And she starts out the book talking about how she got a degree in medieval history. And then she didn't really know what she wanted to do with her degree. So she decided, why not go work in a crematory? And the book is a lot about, she talks a lot about her, her job and about having to come to, ter come to terms with the whole idea that, for example, when you're sweeping out the crematory machine thing, it's, you're actually getting the ashes, like, of actual people on you. So that kind of at first kind of grossed her out, but she got comfortable with it. And then she also talks very candidly about the whole idea of like what happens to the body when, when it's going through the machine. Um, she talks about some pretty funny situations like when the like conveyor belt gets stuck how she would get the body into the into the flame how she, what she would have to do and then she talks um she like talks about some of the people that she had to deal with like some of the families and then some of the sad stories of some of the people that came to the crematory that actually didn't have families and like what exactly would happen and it really got you thinking about death and like what happens, like what happens to you after you die? And she really talks about like a good death, like what is a good death? And not only like, what is a good death while you're dying, but what is a good death after you, after you are dead? So she ends up going from working at a crematory to um, mortuary school because she wants to start a place she wants to start a business where people can get alternative ways of dealing with their body like of of death like um so not just going through being put into ashes or not just being put into the ground so like different so like there's different cultures that do different things so she talks about some of that she talks okay. about how she wants people to have the choice and not just be told that this is what has to happen. So this book, it doesn't really talk so much about her life, but it talks a lot about her job and it really gets, as I said, gets you thinking about death and kind of takes away that taboo of the whole subject of death and dying, which is something that a lot of people don't like to talk about. So this book is called Smoke Gets in Your Eyes, and Other Lessons from the Crematory by Caitlin Doughty. Didn't she just release a book a few days ago called Will My Cat Eat My Eyeballs? Oh, I you saw know? that listed. I just saw that listed, but I didn't know when she released it. I'll have what, to check it out. What is that? Like, is it like an essay collection? No, or? like, um, it's questions she has gotten from little kids about death. Oh, and that's well, something also that she talks about in the in the book. So she talks about like, for example, people often wonder, can I catch a disease from a dead body? Yeah. So the first book I'm going to talk about is a very popular book that everybody knows about. We've all heard about it. We've all seen the media on how it's being signed and special events. And uh, I remember that I personally was super happy when uh, this author came to Miami to sign the book. 
but I couldn't afford the event. <laughs> and so like super me, expensive to go there? Um, I think it was like a thousand dollars maybe. Oh yeah, that's sort of expensive. Okay. It was something like that. And I remember getting upset about it. And then I read the book. And then I wasn't mad anymore because it was such, such, such a good book that I completely understand why somebody would pay that if they could to meet this person. So this is Becoming by Michelle Obama. And I'm sure we all know who Michelle Obama is, but she was the first first lady of color of the United States. And that's a big deal uh, yes. to the first president of color of the United States. And that was a very, very big deal for our country, as all of you know. And this book is not so much about Obama, um, but it's uh, her husband, Brock, but it is about her. And what I really liked about this book is that she, you know, it is called Becoming and it was divided into kind of three sections. So Becoming Me, how she became an individual, right? And how she was formed based on her family and her life and her schooling, just everything covered. And then, um, Becoming Us was the second section, which was about her and Obama, how they became a couple, how they became a family, how they basically took their individual lives and fused them. And then the third section is what they did for the country. And I don't really, I don't want to give it away because I feel that it's a book that everybody should read. But I thought it was so great how all the, you know, whatever our political standing is, we do have to, I, I think we can all agree that the Obamas made such a, I guess, big impact um, around the world because they were, you know, the first. And they did a lot of changes in a lot of ways that even I didn't know about until I read this book. And also, she narrates it in audio. So even if you don't like audible audiobooks, I would suggest to listen to it because you're basically listening to her tell her story. And I learned so much about her that I I never, never, never knew and about her family and also about a lot of things that people of color still go through that I didn't know. Um, it taught me and, and still went through like when she, because she's my parents' age. So it's not, she's not that old. She was born in like the 60s. And even in the 60s, things that happened that I didn't know about that I learned. So it was great. It was a combination of a history lesson with um, just, you know, kind of humanizing because sometimes we... I feel that we put these, you know, political figures, we look at them and we judge them and we agree or disagree with their stances, you know, but we don't get to see them as human beings that have daily life experiences the way we do. So whenever they come out with memoirs like this, I like to read them because of that. So this is Becoming by Michelle Obama. And it is not coming out any day because it's already out and you can buy it wherever books are sold or listen to her read her own book. Yay. Yay. Have you read this? Not yet. It's on my iPad. It's very entertaining. So my second book is called Cat Daddy, What the World's Most Incorrigible Cat Taught Me About Life, Love, and Coming Clean. And this is written by Jackson Galaxy. Of course um, it is. If you, if you don't know who, uh, who Jackson Galaxy is, he hosts the show my cat from hell um which i, <gasps> I love. saw that show i loved yes. it yeah it's it's kind of similar to what show does caesar milan do oh um, like the dog whisperer or whatever it was like something nine one one. um and it's it's similar to that his show is about cats who you know are really causing problems for their owners they're going to get rid of them um, and Jackson goes in, he's, he's a cat behaviorist. Um, and he goes in and he, you know, basically, you know, he says a lot of his job is working with people, not cats. Um, but this book is actually about, it's actually before he started doing um, the show. And this is about him and his cat, the very first cat that he ever got. So the book starts out and Jackson Galaxy is pretty much strung out uh, somewhere in Colorado. And he basically can't hold a job because he's always high. Um, he's in, you know, various rock bands. Um, <clears throat> you know, he's basically just 
hanging out. He doesn't really have a purpose. And then he gets a job at a, an animal shelter of all places. And he starts seeing the cats at the animal shelter and he starts learning about them and he adopts Eddie. Um, and Eddie basically teaches him, you know, patience and, and, you know, all the things that we love about cats. Um, and, you know, Jackson freely admits that Eddie was definitely a challenge. You know, when he would work with Eddie and then get over one issue, Eddie would develop another issue. Um, and it, it basically follows Jackson as he gets clean, um, as he, you know, navigates this really rough life that he had, um, you know, several moves that he made, um, and basically how this cat kind of made him a better person and also how Eddie taught him how to be a cat behaviorist. Basically because of Eddie Jackson galaxy got really interested in, you know, uh, learning about cats, learning about why they do the things they do, um, you know, things like that. And he basically just says, you know, without Eddie, I basically wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. So I'm a huge cat person. I, I usually like, cats and dogs more than I like most people so I saw this one um and I was really attracted to it and it was very good and it's called cat daddy what the world's most incorrigible cat taught me about life love and coming clean by Jackson Galaxy if I had had a lot of money I would have liked for Jackson Galaxy to come and see my winter kitty. Oh, yeah. I thought about winter, actually, when I was Yes. And, like, why can't you, you know, get winter to go in her crate? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, you know, why can't you, oh, I don't know, get winter to do anything that winter doesn't want to do? Right. (laughs) Why does winter winter bite me every day of her life? Yes. Many times. Yes, but my but, answer but, is for everything not, that cats do is because it's a cat. But not really. He actually he actually addresses that in the book, and he said actually a lot of people have that impression, and it's not necessarily the case. He said you just don't understand why they're doing what they're doing. It's not that they're a cat. There's actually a reason that they're actually doing. And once he explains it, it makes sense. But you have but to you just have to know from, what it is, and you have to look at it from the cat's perspective, not yours. Okay, my next pick is The Electric Woman, a memoir in death-defying acts by Tessa Fontaine. And Tessa Fontaine was going through a really hard time in her life for the past several years. Um, Her mother had been experiencing a series of strokes, and no one really knew why she was having them, and therefore no one could treat them in any way. And so she was really having to examine her relationship with her mother and also just what what part grief was going to be playing in her life from this point on and so while she was doing all this kind of heavy hard processing she quite literally ran away with the circus um or the the carnival sideshow actually oh that's awesome yes and so she joined one of the last um, traveling carnival sideshows that still exists in the country. And she learned how to do all these like terrifying things that I'm really not sure your, your body is supposed to do like sword swallowing. Oh my God. Fire eating <laughs> and <laughs> electrocuting yourself, oh, wow. like running like just huge amounts of, of electricity through your body. And she talks about, you know, she kind of takes away some of the mystique of like, how is it that people learn to do these things? Um, and it's not, you know, chalked up to like, it's, it's a magical ability that they have. But she actually describes like how she learned to do some of these things. And she talks about sort of the disconnect between the people who are involved in the, the shows versus like the people who are coming to see them and how those people who are coming to see the shows, they don't really want to know like how she learned to swallow a sword. They just want to know like that she does it. And so part of the appeal is to make that as magical and mystical as you can. Um, but here she really talks about like the, the good things, the things that she loved about working in a carnival sideshow and then the things that were really terrible. 
Um, and it was just, it was so much fun. It's heavy in a lot of ways because as she's doing all these things, like her, her life is kind of running parallel to her mother's who, you know, she's trying to figure out like how she's going to live out her last days. And she and Tessa's stepfather really want to see Italy together. But how do they do that given um, the physical effects that the mother is dealing with after all of these strokes? And so it's, it's not always this like fun kind of lighthearted read about people learning to do like supposed magic tricks. Um, but it was just was really delightful to sort of, I don't know, just, just watch her deal with all of these hard hitting issues, but still come out this sort of, you know, free spirited, free thinking person. Um, I don't think given some of the things that she described that I want to live in a carnival. Um, it seems like not the greatest thing, but I love reading about circuses, carnivals, um, all that stuff. So I was really, really excited to dive into this book. And this again is The Electric Woman, a memoir in death-defying acts by Tessa Fontaine. I say, at least so once cool. a week, I say once a week that I want to run away to join the circus. So I don't think you do. Like, well, scary. that actually sounds like a crazy thing that I would actually like sword swallowing. I would totally. Oh want my to God. I would do but it's <laughs> like it's very like it always talks about how like you live in this little like tiny place with all these yeah. like, people and like no one takes a shower okay that, yeah. that and, like yeah and it just seems like really I don't know kind of grungy yeah well you know <laughs> so my next pick is open heart open mind by Clara Hughes and Clara Hughes is a Canadian six-time Olympian. So it's not very common, but Clara actually went to, um, she has medaled in two different season sports. So she does both cycling and speed skating, which is really, really uncommon. Like normally somebody goes with one sport in one season, they don't do um, they don't do too. So in this book, Clara talks about how she, about her upbringing and how as a teenager, she did a lot of different substances, um, including alcohol and some drugs. And she really did not have the greatest upbringing because her father was an alcoholic. So the, how, her home life was very tense. And it wasn't until she was 16 that she was watching TV and she saw this Canadian speed skater um, win, a, win a medal. And it really got her thinking that she'd like to try this out. So what she did was she got into speed skating and she put her like life frustrations and anger into her training. And in the book she talks about how at times the coaches would like put them down and it really put a lot of um, pressure on her and it put a lot of pressure on her body and she talked about some of like the things that happened while she was in training like she had some pretty uh, horrific crashes when she was cycling for example which I could not even imagine and I she talks about like how she had a lot of highs and lows and and it really kind of was not the most healthy thing for her so after about a decade of her being in the olympics and training she finally realized that these highs and lows that she was going through were really not healthy but they were actually masking severe depression and she ends up deciding to retire after the, I think it was the 2006, I'm pretty sure it was 2006 Olympics. She decides to retire so that she can take care of herself. And she ends up becoming um, the head spokesperson for, it's called Bell Let's Talk. 
and it's a mental health awareness oh yeah um program that um canada has um you'll often see um i can't remember which month it is but you'll see uh for example on twitter you'll see like hashtag bell let's talk and it raises a lot of funds and she's really become, she's taken her story and kind of really become an advocate for people with mental health. Um, and she's just really, really done great things with her whole um, story. So this is Open Heart, Open Mind by Clara Hughes. I'm a huge fan of the Olympics, so I'll definitely be reading this. All right, so the next book I'm going to talk about is by my favorite comedian. His name is Kevin Hart, and this book is called I Can't Make This Up, Life Lessons. I watched Kevin Hart live. I actually took my husband for his birthday last year, and I had such a great time. Uh, it was very interesting watching him live because he doesn't allow phones or any recording devices, and he actually has security that will take you out if they see you with your phone. I guess because comedians don't want their skits to be shown before they release them on DVD. Because oh. comedians release skits on DVD. Yeah. So I've never been to a show like that before. But anyway, when I found out that he had a memoir and that he himself narrates his own memoir on audio, I picked it up really quickly. Uh, and as I said, it's called I Can't Make This Up Life Lessons. And it's if you're wondering how he got to the point where he could actually hire security guards that will be in an arena that fits 80,000 people and they will be able to take away people's phones and take people out. Uh, this book is about it. It talks about his life. He's very open and honest about the kind of life that he lived, where he grew up, uh, what kind of family he had. And what was really interesting to me um, about this book, particularly, I've watched all his comedy i guess dvds is what you call them i'm not sure uh, I've, but i've i've watched all of his things and i i follow him i'm a very big fan of him and he always makes comedy about his marriage and his family and what was very interesting is when you read the book you figure out that all this comedy that he's making fun of is actually true he, he's making fun of real life situations that happened to him and i thought it was very cool how he learned to basically laugh at himself and make other people laugh at his expense and that's his talent because I feel that every comedian has a different thing and that was his thing and he talks about his childhood I just I don't want to give it away but he basically divides the book into different lessons that he learned some as a child some as an adult trying to make a career in the entertainment business and as some of you know, I'm a musician, so things that happen in the entertainment business do interest me. And I thought it was really cool how he, you know, went from being a, a middle-class boy uh, growing up in a single-parent household to what he is today, you know, movies, he's in movies, he's a box office sensation, uh, he's just completely, completely successful. And I think that this book is a really good guide and life teacher. So it's called, I Can't Make This Up. Life Lessons by Kevin Hart. My last book um, I'm pretty excited about. It's actually a young adult book. Um, it is called Reaching for the Moon, the autobiography of NASA mathematician Katherine Johnson. And it's written by Katherine G. Johnson. This is, so Katherine Johnson is, she's actually still living. Um, she was born in 1918, so you do the math. Whoa. <clears throat> and she was one of, so in... She's 101 years old. Yes, ma'am. She is. Sorry. Um, this, <laughs> good job. Shannon did math. Yay. <laughs> I hate math, but I can at least do that much. Right. Um, so Katherine Johnson was a mathematician for NASA. So in the 1950s and the 1960s, NASA had African-American women, and they called them computers. And they would sit there, and they would do crazy hard equations that, you know, the engineers and, you know, NASA men, and they were all white men, needed in order to do their calculations to, you know, do their latest mission. Um, so this book is 
a young adult version of basically Hidden Figures. If you ever read that book, oh, uh-huh. Margot Lee Shetterly, and then the movie. Um, this is basically one of the mathematicians that that movie was based on. And so because it's a young adult novel or a young adult memoir, um, you know, she doesn't go into a lot of, you know, like emotional detail and stuff like that, but you can tell it's there. Um, what I really liked about this memoir is she did not gloss over anything, you know, to make it more palatable for young adults. Um, you know, she was born in 1918, so she talks a lot about segregation. She talks a lot about slavery. She talks a lot about, you know, um, the uh, the rape and murder of, you know, black women and black people by white people. Um, she doesn't shy away from any of that. You know, she talks a lot about what she had to do to get an education. Um, you know, it was it was really an interesting book. It's a very quick read, obviously, because it is young adult. Um, but it is, you know, if you're, if you're looking for, you know, a, a really good, um, book for young people to kind of get them interested in science or math, um, you know, and, and what math can do for the world. Um, this is a really good book. It, you know, there's a lot about race in it, but it does really have a positive message. And she really, her and her group of women, um, you know, really did do a lot of good and did amazing things for, you know, the space race and getting, you know, those men to the moon. So again, this is Reaching for the Moon, the autobiography of NASA mathematician Katherine Johnson by Katherine G. Johnson. Cool. I don't like math, so I could never be a mathematician. Well, I also could not be a mathematician, but I'm a huge space nerd. So I saw this. I actually have not read Hidden Figures yet or watched the movie, and I'm super... No, I did actually watch the movie. Um, but I've I heard the book is dry. Yeah, it looks um, kind of dry, but the movie was really, really good. I've heard that it was. Yeah. I want to see it at some point. So my final book for tonight took the world by storm last year um, and just was, I, I don't even have like the proper amount of words to describe this book, but this is Educated by Tara Westover. Oh. And this is the story of a woman who hadn't entered a classroom until she was 17 years old. She grew up um, the daughter of a survivalist and his wife in the Idaho mountains. And her mother was a healer slash herbalist. Um, her father had all of these sort of far reaching ideas about the government and about God. And he was really convinced that at some point the world was going to end and he was going to teach his family how to be safe. And that was what was important to him. He also owned a junkyard. And so during the summer times, Tara and her brothers were made to salvage um, in the junkyard. And so there's all sorts of terrible accidents that these people had as they're working in these horribly unsafe conditions. Um, like things exploded and people suffered you know, third degree burns and one of her brothers um, gave himself a brain injury and her father would never let anyone go to the hospital. Like it just wasn't allowed. And so terrible things happened to all of these people. And one of her um, older brothers, the same one who um, had the traumatic brain injury um, also became violent and was very, very abusive to Tara. Um, it talks about how she finds the inner strength and courage to leave home. And she actually is able to get into Brigham Young University. And when she does that, this is the first time that she learns about some of the things that most of us just sort of take for granted, like that, that everyone knows. And so she didn't know what the Holocaust was. And she didn't know about the civil rights movement. So she had a lot of learning to do and she had to find a way to let people know that like she truly did not know all of these things um, and still have them, you know, take her seriously and, and respect her. Um, this is not 
an easy read. It's, it's a very quick, compelling read, but it's, it's difficult. Once I started, I really didn't want to put it down, but I found some of the scenes of like the injuries that occurred um, in the junkyard or just some of the really awful things one of her brothers um, put her through. I found those sections of the book to be really hard to get through. Um, and yet there is just this, this sort of force inside her that drives her to use her brain and to become smarter and stronger and kind of cope with the traumas of her past and to try and figure out like where, where her place is now. Like, does she belong back in Idaho with her family or should she forge kind of a new existence for herself? Um, I love this so, so much. I've heard her speak a couple of times. There are a bunch of interviews with her up online um, and she's just really, really incredible. So if you haven't read this, I highly recommend it. It's educated and it's by Tara Westover. I haven't read it. Yeah, me neither. It looks really, really, I have it. Yes. But I haven't read it yet. It's so good. It reads in a lot of ways, kind of like a novel just because some of the things that happen, you know, to her, to she and her siblings were just, like, I, I can't imagine, like, all these things, and yet, you know, they're, they're true, and it was just very, very readable. It was, like, one of those things where you kind of, like, you wanted to look away, because some of this stuff was, mm-hmm. was so hard, but you were also sort of compelled to, like, keep reading at the same time. Um, it's just a really fantastic book. Let me ask you this. In the book, does she talk about, like, what her family thinks of her now? Like, I've always kind of been interested mm-hmm. to address that. Yeah, she doesn't yeah. really have a relationship with some of them now. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. Um, like, her parents, she, yeah. she doesn't see them, and, like, some of her siblings. I think she's in touch with some of them, like, some of the, the brothers that kind of left, mm. kind of got out from under their father's control. Because, um, yeah, I, I wonder that because I've read like polygamist memoirs. Oh, yeah. Where it's very similar. Right. Um, and they kind of have that similar survivalist mm-hmm. um, mentality. Um, uh, I'm thinking of like Carolyn Jessup and I can't. Yes. But, and um, um, Alyssa Wall. Yes, Alyssa Wall. Yep, I've read hers too. Um, and it's really interesting to see who stays and who goes and you know, it's almost more interesting to know what happens after they've published the memoir. So the last book that I'm going to talk about tonight is From the Ashes, My Story of Being Métis, Homeless, and Finding My Way by Jesse Thistle. I have this to read. I'm so excited. So this is a very honest and very raw book like he is very jesse is very very open he does not hold his punches he does not try to make himself look better um he just really puts himself out there it was a very hard read like i had to actually read something I actually went and I read a, ro- a romance, which I don't read romances, <laughs> so I just read something totally, like, kind of, in a way, fluffy for me, and I just, that's kind of the way that it ended for me, is that I really needed that, kind of get out of that before I could read something else. So, in this book, Jesse talks about his, about his childhood. So when he was a toddler, him and his brothers were left by his parents and they ended up in foster care for a short period of time. Afterwards, they went and they lived with their paternal grandparents. Um, And their grandparents were very, they're very tough people. They're very, they weren't really like, they weren't cuddly grandparents, so they're not the kind of grandparents that you kind of think about when you think of grandparents. So the, the kids ended up really rebelling, and Jesse really, really rebelled a lot. Like, he, he ends up um, with addictions to 
different substances as well as to alcohol. And he ends up on the streets. Um, he talks about his time on the streets and he talks about his time um, living with his family and with his friends and like the, some of the things that happened. Like I just, I, re I read his story and I just couldn't even imagine some of the things that this guy went through. Um, he talks about some of the people that he met while living on the streets. He talked about how he had to steal in order to fuel his addiction. Um, he talked about some of the horrific things that he went through. And he talks about just the feeling of kind of helplessness that he felt at times. Um, he talks about the racism and the prejudice that a lot of Indigenous people go through. And he talks about the friendships that he lost. And he also talks about some of the friendships that he gained. Um, he talks about reconnecting with his mother, which was a really neat, um, which is really neat part of the story. And he talks about learning about not being able to reconnect with his father, but also, but being able to connect with a gentleman who knew his father and he got to learn about his father, which I guess in a way kind of helped him to understand where his father, like why, kind of why his father did what he did. Um, Jesse was a high school dropout, but in the end, he ends up going to school and he's actually now a really, really kind of like a rising star in the indig in indigenous um, research right now. So his book has just been, it's become really, um, it's starting to like, people are starting to talk about it. And I just, reading the book just kind of left me speechless by the end because I just, I'm Indigenous, like I'm First Nations, and just some of the things that he went through, I couldn't even imagine. And I just, I, it really left me thankful for my friends and thankful for my family. And like, it made me feel guilty even thinking about complaining about some of the things that I went through as a child because it doesn't even, just doesn't even compare. So this book is called From the Ashes, my story of being Métis, homeless, and finding my way by Jesse Thistle. And if you haven't read it or you haven't heard about it, then please look it up because it's just, I like, honestly, it's just a book that everyone needs to read. I've had it on my radar for a while. Um, and I've actually, I downloaded it quite a while ago, so I really need to get to it. But, um, yeah, it looks like a hard... It was hard to read, but it was it was easy to read at the same time. Like it, you couldn't. I guess what's the word I want? I guess it's kind of like a. What's the word I want? Like you couldn't stop reading. Mm -hmm. It was just. It was just so well done. All right. So the next book I'm going to talk about is a book we've probably heard about. It's called I Am Malala, and it is a story of the girl who stood up for education and was shot by the Taliban, and her name is Malala Yousafzai. I cannot pronounce it. I'm so sorry. Um, and this story is about a girl from Pakistan. And the reason why her story is so unique is because she spoke up against the Taliban and the Taliban um, shot her in the head and she survived. And this is her story. She did not want to be silent about education. She wanted the right to be educated, even though she was a woman. And on Tuesday, October the 9th, 2012, she was 15 years old and she was shot in the head at point blank range and she survived wow. um, so this is her story and now 
what I loved about this story, uh, anybody who knows me knows that I'm probably a very big daddy's girl. I'm very close to my dad. And what I love about Malala's story is that even though she's from a society that prizes sons, uh, her father valued her and loved her and encouraged her to be a champion and to be educated and to speak out. Um, and actually, their country values sons so much that if you have a son, they have this huge party and they celebrate. And if you have a daughter, it's kind of like kind of like a funeral. There's nothing to celebrate. But her father, he had a daughter and he did the party and he celebrated. He was very unconventional. Um, and yes, what really also gets me is that this is not a book that took place in 1900 or 1800. No, this is now. This is what is happening now. She got shot in 2012. And as of 2016, she's become a symbol for global peace in her country. She's become an idol for a lot of girls in her country. And she's made such a big difference just by speaking out. And her recovery has basically taken her around the world. And she's shared her story with the world. And I really suggest that when you are able you you read it it's called i am malala the woman or the girl who stood up for education and got shot by the taliban at point blank range in the head and survived it's such a remarkable story i really suggest it awesome all right well that does it for us this evening um, thank you to Brooke, Amber, and Natalia for chatting about memoirs with me this evening. And thanks, as always, to Christine for her fantastic editing. Um, most of all, though, thank you to everyone who joins us each week as we talk about so many great books that we love. If you would like to let us know your thoughts, you can do that by leaving us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts or any other platform you use to access the show. And not only does it allow us to see your feedback, but it also helps other book lovers to find us, which is a great thing. So I will be back next Tuesday morning with more bookish fabulousness. And some number of us will be back on Friday with more discussion of great books. Take care, everybody.